0: Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beeky. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 12 of season 4 of This Osteopathic Life. Today, we enter into the next episode in the series I mentioned previously, so we are at the beginning of July, yesterday's 1st of July episode, looking at that advent of the training year for physicians in the United States and the anniversary of that for physicians in practice. And also looking at this as a New Year moment in many ways. It's the second half of the calendar year. It is this sense of the summer season really in full bloom in the Northern Hemisphere. And I feel called to share on some concepts and experiences that have been coming up for me recently, similar to when we did the podcast a day experience back in November during season three. I'll keep these a little bit shorter, but we'll take them as they come. I try to keep a gentle framework over what is happening as far as episodes and we'll keep an alliteration theme. We started with fulfillment. We're going to talk today about fun and we're going to open it up. There are some. Ideas that have been percolating and resonating for me, I'm going to share them with you here. Also, a jumpstart. As I mentioned, July has a lot of big energy in my live and conceivable world, and you're welcome to join me there on Instagram for live and conceivable and daily inspiration posts. July's theme is inconceivable energy, so it's just the theme of the moment, and we're going to embrace that. So today, talking about fun. And I had an interesting conversation this morning with my dear friend and colleague and accountability partner and training partner from my coach certification process. And we were talking about the experience of fun and this current stage of my own life and expansions and transformations that are happening. And when I was responding to her thoughtful inquiry on what does it look like for you now? What are some of the new things that you're noticing And I shared the statement, well, I'm allowed to have more fun. And if you just think about that sentence for a moment, is there fun in that? And allowed by who? By whom? Who is allowing this? (laughs) From whom are you seeking permission? And is it fun if it's framed out and planned? Is it fun if it isn't spontaneous? Is it fun if it's fun for you, but not someone else? So many different ways to look at that. And when I said it, it really did feel like a growth edge and expansive space of saying fun is nearer to the top of the list. That now becomes the filter through which I see many things. And we could talk about fun as frivolous, or we could talk about it as enjoyable, And we could talk about how it resonates in our hearts, in the energy of our spirit, and noticing all those different ways it shows up for us. And if we're allowing ourselves, if that permission is coming from within, to have fun, and if we're allowing that fun to come into different spaces in our life, and perhaps allow is a step forward. So I love to think about things on the spectrum, even sometimes in a linear aspect, although multidimensional might be preferable, but in my curriculum that I teach, we look at feelings on a spectrum and where you might be feeling neutral and then it can go toward frustrated and then it might go toward annoyed, then it might go toward disappointed, then it might need toward angry. In all these different ways that feelings can lead into one another, similarly, you might be feeling satisfied, and then happy, and then joyful. And they could be in different orders for different people on how they experience those feelings. But thinking about having fun, and if there might be spaces where it's completely blocked, where it seems wildly inappropriate, and completely off the table, and something you wouldn't even want to have in a certain space. And we could think of different circumstances where fun might not be the primary mode of engagement And if that is the beginning, if that's a space on the spectrum, an end bar, if you will, end cap, if allowed might be a step forward toward full freedom of fun on the far end of that spectrum. So thinking about that, so where might there be complete blocks around fun where fun is just not allowed, right? It is barred from that space. And sometimes I say for good reason, but other times you might stop and say, well, why? Could fun be let in here? What would the impact of that be? Who would have to say? Why are we preventing it from happening in this space? And so maybe allowed is a growth edge for you as well, if we're thinking about fun. And I'll pause here before we continue along that spectrum and just say, take a moment and think. When's the last time I had fun? And that might require you to take a step back from there and say, what is fun like for me? How would I know that I'm having fun? What does fun look like? What does it feel like? And where do I reliably have fun? If I think back on the last week, on the last month, on the last year, on my entire life, what are those highlight moments of experiencing fun? Even that phrase of having fun is interesting to me to consider. So take a moment and consider that perhaps as a frame of reference as we continue forward through this episode. So we moved on from fun, absolutely not allowed to, okay, fun is allowed and checking in there to say, by me, by someone else, do I need permission to have fun? Do I need someone else to be having fun with me for that to count? And we could look at our personality types on how that is. Some of us do great on our own. I'll offer for me, a lot of times, I do find that fun in independent space, fun in the place of the silent disco, right? One of my most favorite events. I think I've shared that with you. And even this evening, just taking a moment to enjoy some live music that was playing locally. And absolutely, can that be enriched and fun shared with others? For sure. For me, however, sometimes those solo episodes and instances and experiences are the space where... I can almost guarantee it because it's not looking to anyone else to affirm that fun is being had. Or if you ever had this experience, and this is something that I continue to work on, is do I need to make sure someone else is having fun as well? And I can think about this in the past in my life where you might've invited someone to something. And for me, it's often to a fitness class of some sort. And I will find myself wanting to watch and observe and check in and make sure they're having fun And what's shifted for me in recent years is knowing that they have consented, right? I've invited them and they have chosen of their own free will to attend. And they get to decide whether or not it's fun and they're having fun in that space. And you might think, well, it's fun the right criteria for the fitness class, but that is what I'm going to use here as the example. And to know that they can have fun or they cannot. It's not required. They're having fun or not doesn't have to influence how I'm experiencing the moment. And it's not disregarding or disrespecting them, but it's saying they're allowed to have their own full experience and I'm still going to have mine. We can certainly check in and talk about it and decide whether we would do that again. But in this moment, when they are aware and they're experiencing it, and if someone were miserable, certainly we could check in and make adjustments. And for many of these, I'm using this fitness class example, it's likely an hour-ish plus or minus a few minutes. And so in the grand scheme, we can handle that and survive that. And certainly if someone felt unsafe or that they were physically not feeling it was appropriate for them, they could certainly stop, right? And we can make adjustments. So I'm talking about in the grand scheme of things without some of those wild edge exceptions of how the experience might go. But I have found myself agreeing internally to say, I don't need to monitor their experience. I don't need to check in and make sure it's fun for them or that they're having everything that they need in this moment and watch and observe and feel nervous and obliged and guilty if they don't and instead say, we are in this experience. Yes, it's shared. They get to have their own take on it. I get to have mine. They don't necessarily have to influence one another. They certainly can. right? We can drag up or drag down the energy in an environment, but just noticing if we feel that sense of responsibility for someone having fun in a situation and how that influences our own direct experience and vice versa. If we are focused on embracing the fun of that moment, how might it actually contribute to the positive experience for all? So just noticing that as we walk through. So as we move from aloud, from ourselves, from others, in concert, individually, What's next up from that? Maybe fun is welcome rather than allowed, because allowed is kind of this, it's a kind of begrudging, slight opening versus welcome, right? And fun is welcome here. I'm welcome to have fun in these spaces. And let's bring that into the workspace. We talked about work last time at the beginning of training for physicians, and certainly I Take those concepts and apply them widely. And I appreciate the feedback I received that this absolutely was not just for physicians. And these episodes are intended for a wide audience, for the health of all things. It's a broad spectrum there. And so, for saying welcome, and let's take it into the workspace. What if I welcome fun here? And you might think, well, there are some places, again, my work doesn't make sense. And we could look at the frivolity of fun or at the deeper aspects of fun. And even thinking about can fun represent some element of pleasure or satisfaction in the work that I'm doing or enjoyment? And can enjoyment be tied to things like fulfillment, like meaning and purpose? So that there is some element of fun in that space. So we're talking about that and we're looking at the welcome of fun. So more open arms and a greater likelihood for fun to come in. Thinking about it, if that door is narrow for allowed, and it opens wider for welcome, there is increased likelihood for fun to enter in. And what might move on from that? Perhaps we embrace fun, and we begin to notice fun in more spaces, in greater nuanced ways, that fun doesn't have to look just one way, and fun doesn't always have to be big. Sometimes there can be this exuberant, exaggerated, flamboyant fun. And that's great, and it has its place. But if we're always expecting the big show, we sometimes might miss those opportunities where fun is offering itself up. And I've talked about feelings in the past, and we could look at fun as a feeling or an experience, and I see them as little creatures, living creatures, right? These feelings that kind of run around, and we could look toward the Inside Out movie. But mine, somehow, they have kind of the garden gnome experience. Maybe it's growing up with David the gnome. (laughs) But my feelings are gnome-like, in their imaginary creation in my mind, but even fun. You know, are we looking for fun in fireworks? we are nearing the 4th of July here. Or can fun be in the finer things, in the simpler things, in the beautiful moments? And you might think, this isn't my definition of fun. And that's okay. Maybe let's start to change up the words that you are using. But I'm using fun very purposefully here because, as I share with you, for me, it was not always on the table and it sometimes felt like it wasn't accessible to me and opening up that space really creates the invitation to notice fun in different ways. I share with you that for me, finding fun on my own is pretty reliable and finding fun with others is continuing to expand And so thinking about fun in the way of laughter, I think we can all associate fun and laughter and some lightheartedness with that. And I want to be clear too that there's the idea of making fun and having fun and fun with enjoyment and fun with laughter. And then the fun that can sometimes be taken too far or the wrong way or to the detriment of others. And I want to be mindful of that. And I want to notice for me that sometimes perhaps that is a block for me around fun because there's that concern of where's this going to go? You know, and, and are we having fun at the expense of someone else? And that's a whole other space. But I think a flavor and a side of fun that is worth recognizing so that if we do have some resistance to it or a challenge in the welcome and the embrace and moving farther along that open spectrum where fun is readily available to us, Those might be reasons why, just checking in and gaining some awareness around that. And so what might be at the far end of that full freedom of fun and incidental, but very welcome alliterations there. And what is that freedom for fun to be anywhere that you are? What is that like? And where has that existed for you? So let's take a moment and look at some of these definitions. Enjoyment amusement or light-hearted pleasure. And the example here is children having fun in the play area, and of course, the example is of children who do seem to have the capacity to find fun in many situations. I can picture a video of my daughter from when she was younger and just laughed at the tapping of a cupboard door. Laughed and had fun with that repeatedly, over and over again. Who even knows why? Just the sound, the goofiness, the randomness Just that experience. And thinking about that with babies, when they will engage, right, pre-verbal, and they will engage in that way, and they'll draw you in with their laughter. So think about those, just a wholehearted belly laugh, fun experiences. But enjoyment, what do you enjoy? Clever phrases, I will love a play on words. And the times when my children will say something and they might not even know where it might be an incidental mispronunciation, or they might have this response and they have no idea how spot on it is and the timing of it. And just those moments of enjoyment when words really just show up and highlight and reflect on a moment in time and an experience fun, certainly in observing others purposefully Watching certain videos, we had the chance to go to the movies today, and I went to a movie theater, and it has to have been more than two years, and maybe more than that. I just didn't spend much time going to the movies, and just that experience, first of all, was fun for the nostalgia of it and the improvement of it, the seats and the space between. There were very few people in the theater, which was nice in this moment where not being in crowds is still where we are. And it was a children's movie, the new Minions movie, and just laughing at goofy things on the screen. And there was that shared experience of laughter together and being able to look at one another when there's a funny scene and, or little nuances in the movie and say, oh, did you notice that? And seeing the fun there. So fun and enjoyment in an experience. And it does say here, light-hearted pleasure. So we could again decide, is fun superficial and superfluous and frivolous? And can it be that and hold meaning and power in the experience of our lives? And can it also run deeper and be a connecting force? Amusing, entertaining, or enjoyable? To joke or tease. And so this one, right, that's the one that gives me some pause around fun. And there is... Power and humor and engagement that happens in that way, but it can also quickly right cross a line and lead to a challenging experience in a detrimental experience on both ends, both when there's the person who is being made fun of and the person who is doing the making fun of there are challenges there, so just checking in with that and seeing how we navigate fun and we don't necessarily have to Police it, but being a good steward of how we engage with fun. A mood for finding or making amusement. And here, interesting, I haven't thought of it like this, but you could see where this too could lead to some blocks around fun, violent or excited activity or argument. Insults were exchanged, and then the fun began. And I wouldn't necessarily think of using the word in that way, but knowing that undertone exists is where we can recognize that we are the stewards of our own energy and how we share that with the world and the expression of our words and our emotions and our facial expressions, the expression of our expressions, a bit redundant there. But just recognizing the power that does hold and how we can positively contribute to that. And I want to point out, this doesn't say that we should be having fun 100% of the time There's a difference between the full freedom of fun, meaning there are no barriers to fun. But it doesn't mean you are immersed in this pool of fun never to come out again and never to experience any other feeling or emotion or way of being. Absolutely not. You want that full experience. But participating in that full experience with access to fun when it should appear Even if it's in microdoses, if it's a big, fun event for an extended interval, it's that which is the distinction. It's am I so closed off to fun? And am I so concerned about the risk of fun from the making fun perspective? Or do I see it only as this frivolous and superficial experience? And is that then restricting it on every level? And can I move toward... Allowing fun, welcoming fun, embracing fun. And you might have many more steps along the way, maybe some tangents. It doesn't have to be linear. But being in that space of full freedom of fun, when it appears, when you create it, shifting that engagement with it can be so different. And so as we think about Where would I like to have more fun in my life? Where did I used to have fun that has perhaps faded away and how can I welcome that back in? Who do I see as a representative of fun and what do I notice about what that person is doing and how I might learn from them? How can I honor myself for the fun that I do have and embrace it in new ways Perhaps I can challenge myself in this next week to look for fun in each day and notice if I'm only seeking big fun, really obvious fun, or if I'm letting myself have fun in little bits, little moments, maybe with someone with whom I don't often associate the connection being built or strengthened through fun. Perhaps you can bring some fun into the workplace. And if fun blocks you, as a word, enjoyment. right? Can you bring more enjoyment into that space? And how can you consciously tap into that? And where might you feel most inspired to bring fun at home? What would that look like? And where has it been lacking? And we're looking at the... Diagnostic picture, yes. And then let's take that osteopathic approach and say, where has there been fun pretty consistently and why? And can I honor that? Can I credit that? And can I build upon that past success? And for me, I'm going to take a look at that continuum and see if there is space to move it forward and recognize where there might be some anchors of which I was not even aware that I can address and make more forward progress. We'll continue with this journey of these, call them special episodes, bonus episodes, building on this theme in the big energy month of July. And I invite you to share with me at This Osteopathic Life on Facebook, on Instagram at this at gmail.com your experience of fulfillment, of fun, and how we can continue to build for the health of all things together going forward. This is Dr. Amelia Beeky with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.